Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Do you ever feel like a misfit? Well, I get that. Today, I want to share with you a contextual story from the Gospel of John from the Bible about a woman who kind of felt like a misfit. And from that story, I want to derive some lessons. And I'm going to tell you right now that these lessons are applicable, I think, to everyone, whether you're a believer or not. So grab a coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat. This is Coffee with Keith. Hi, I'm Dr. J.P. Friend. Just call me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the opportunity to speak, teach, and perform for audiences all across the United States. Side note. I'm also a professional comedy entertainer. For the last 40 plus years, I have been in the business and educational worlds and self-employed for most of those as well. I am the published author of both fiction and nonfiction books, and I have had the pure pleasure of mentoring hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. So yeah, I've accomplished some things, but I've also had some failures. I've had setbacks. And I can tell you, I've also experienced true loss. It's through all of that, the good and the bad, that I have learned. After all, I've earned every one of these gray hairs I've got. So, it is those experiences, my education, and my creativity that I use to try to communicate with you, to help you, and to encourage you to change and shift your impossible to possible. Side note, and a disclaimer, I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need that particular help, please do consult a local professional. So grab a coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat. This is Coffee with Keith. Hello and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm so glad you chose to be with me today. Thank you for taking me along, whether you're on your walk or driving in your car or wherever you might be at this time listening to this podcast. I do appreciate it, and I know that it is a conscious decision that you make just to hit that play button. And I I never take that for granted, and I appreciate it so very much. Please do, if you can, help me get the word of this podcast out by sharing it with your friends and family, anybody you think might Uh, be blessed by it because I truly do try to pour into these podcasts every week lessons that will help and encourage people in their walk. Okay. Uh, Today, the subject is kind of an interesting one. (laughs) Well, I did that because I, I, I brand myself as the Christian misfit, just trying to help other misfits 
in this thing we call life. And I do that on purpose because, quite honestly, many times in my life, I've sort of felt like a misfit. Now, most people wouldn't know that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to tell. Because why? Because I purposely didn't let that show. I sort of just tried to go with the flow. I tried to just go along. I tried to oftentimes look like other people and act like other people and speak like other people and let them think that I was thinking like those same people. And yet there were times in my life that I wasn't exactly the same. I didn't exactly feel the same or think the same. But many times I kept that to myself. And then, and then there are times when I truly did get treated like a misfit. For instance, you know, I, I again, I make no secrets. Now, there are certain things in my life, I, you know, I don't share everything, but I do share those things that I think are important to share to help other people. And one of those things is that I have been divorced twice. So especially in the Christian world, especially in the church world, that automatically makes me a misfit <laughs> because I've been divorced. Now, granted, I believe in marriage. I believe in the sanctity of marriage. I believe that you know marriage is a good thing. I believe that it it should be a real lifetime commitment. I believe that. My parents, for instance, are about to celebrate sixty years of marriage. So yeah, that's the, the example that I had, and that's that's how I I was raised, and that's what I believed. Ironically, it didn't work out for me that way. And both of those divorces were very painful. But what they also did is they made me sort of feel like a misfit, too. Because, see, I, you know, I have formal education. I have, you know, a master's in, 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 in theology and, 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 you know, even Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff. And I have a doctorate in, in theology and apologetics. And I've, I have a lifetime of learning. And yet in the area where you would think that I could use that the most, I am sort of a misfit. And it's taken me a while to get there, but I've, I've sort of accepted that, and I've been okay with that. So I want today to talk to those of you who feel like a misfit, my, my fellow misfits. You're my people. You're my people. And I'm here for you. I, I now have friends that don't look like, you know, let's take, for instance, the church world and Christians. I have friends that don't fit into that box. I have friends that have tattoos from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. They don't look like the normal person in this boxy world that we call church and Christendom. I have friends that are part of the LGTQB community. And let me tell you, a lot of times these people, these beautiful people that I love, have felt like total outcasts and misfits sometimes sadly from their own families. And that breaks my heart. Because even if, even if we don't agree with something, even if we don't agree with someone's identity, whether that's not how we think it should be or not, do you not think that we should still love people, care for people, and help people? After all, the story that I want to talk about today, I think, is that example completely. The story comes from the Gospel of John, from the Bible. It's from the fourth chapter, 
beginning with the fourth verse, ironically. And it's often called the lady at the well or the Samaritan woman at the well. And it's a story of Jesus going from one place to another in his, in his ministry. And Jesus could have taken an alternative route. It may have been a little bit further, but it would have been a totally acceptable route from the place he was to the place he was going because what he did was pass through an area of Samaria. And for most Jews, which Jesus was, and they were the people of the Old Testament, Jews didn't have a lot of care about Samaritans. They, they thought not only were they from the other side of the track, they were pretty much from the other side of the world. They didn't care for him, even though they shared the same beliefs in a lot of ways. They both had beliefs in, in the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Pentateuch, the God of, of, of Moses, the God of, of uh, Adam. They, they didn't have the same feeling towards Samaritans as, <laughs> as you might think, or they probably should. They thought they were oftentimes nothing but dogs. And yet Jesus chose, I think, by divine appointment to travel this route and take a seat by a well. The Samaritan woman shows up. So think about this contextually. We've got a Samaritan who was from the other side of the tracks. We've got a woman who was a second-class citizen at best in this day. And she shows up, and Jesus begins to talk to her. She's taken a gasp because she says, Sir, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you even talking to me? And Jesus says, You know what? I've got something important to tell you. And he begins to tell tell her about himself, who he is, and what he can offer her. And he knows everything about her. Because this woman had been married a few times before, and she was now living with a man that wasn't her husband. And Jesus knew all about it. And yet Jesus didn't ignore her. Jesus didn't blast her. Jesus didn't stone her. Jesus cared for her. He reached out in love and compassion to help this woman because he knew she needed what he had. And there's a part of this story that's It's just a little bit of a caveat of of wording there that a lot of people just read right over. But to me, it spoke volumes as I studied it. This woman came to that well with a pitcher to get her water, and it was a burden that she did daily by going to get this water. She would often go in odd times, you know, because she she didn't want to come face-to-face with people because she was sort of an outcast of society. She was a misfit, so she was a, a misfit for Jews, which would have definitely ignored her, but she was also a misfit for some other Samaritans because of her life and her living conditions and, and, and the things that she had done. So she would often go, I think, in times when other people wouldn't see her just because she knew that she wouldn't fit in. And yet the story says when she came face-to-face with Jesus and she heard about who he was and what he offered— She left that place, and she left her pitcher. This burden that she carried day in and day in, day out and day in, she left it there after she encountered the love, the care, and the ministry of Jesus. And she went off. And so as I I look at this story, and I think about myself and you fellow misfits out there, I want to say take comfort. 
And I derive three things that I want to share with you. And I think these are applicable for those of faith and those who aren't of faith because they're still true. The first lesson is this. Seek to own your own true self. Seek to own your own true self. That's what this woman did. When Jesus confronted her and said, you know, where's your husband? She said, uh, sir, I, I'm not married. In fact, I've been married before. And, and the guy I'm with now is not my husband. Or at least Jesus, Jesus said that to her. Jesus said, yeah, yeah, I know you're not married. I know that you've been married before and, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. Now, she could have denied it. She could have said, what? But no, she said, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, she acknowledged. I mean, she didn't dispute it. She didn't, she didn't argue the point. I mean, she knew that he knew who she was and what she was. She owned her true self. So the first thing that I want to encourage you to do in seeking your own self and seeking to own your own self is to ask yourself two questions. All right? First question is this. Who am I really? Who am I? And regardless of my teaching that I do in a variety of subjects, that's often part of the teaching because I think it's essential to life. So the first thing that I really want you to do is to really think about this. Who am I really? Perhaps you're like me for all those years. You, you, you sort of had that mask on, this idea of hypocrite, because, you know, that's where it, that comes from a Greek word. Uh, it means to basically put a mask on. So what you wore out sometimes was not who you truly were, who you pretended to be, who you tried to let the world see was not who you really were. And you may have been doing that for so long, you've sort of forgotten who you really are. So it's very important for us, I think, as individuals to sit down and ask ourselves and do this often. Who am I? Who am I truly? And begin to really think about that. So that's the first question if we're going to own ourselves. Who am I? The second question is this. Do I like this person at its core? Do I truly like and dare I say, love this person. If you can honestly say yes, and I hope that you can, carry on, move forward. If at your core values, and again, our values are based on our beliefs, at your core value, if you look at who you truly are and you say, no, I I really don't like or love this person as they are right now, that's okay. You can begin to adjust. You begin. You can begin to change some things about yourself. Now, again, this truly is, if this is not the person you want to be or the person you love, this is not based on other people's expectations. This is not based on what other people want. This is not based on what other people think. This is based on you and what you think and what you believe about yourself. And if you can look at yourself and say, yes, I love this person. I, I, I like this person. This is how I truly am. And I think I'm okay with that. Then carry on. If it's, you look at this person and say, you know what? This is really what I want myself to be. Then again, don't beat yourself up. Just begin to make some adjustments. Begin to make some changes so that you begin to move toward being more like that person you want to be. All right. So that's the first lesson for me. Seek ownership 
of your own true self. The second lesson, seek support and acceptance from others. Now, let's be careful here. I dare not want to put us into the category of approval addiction, which again, that's something that a lot of us have dealt with, you know, and myself included because of the, primarily because of this idea of the Christian world, of trying to to fit in, to trying to be accepted, to trying to be okay, to get that pat on the head like a dog, you know, yeah, good boy, Keith, good boy, Keith, you're, you're, you're good, you're, you're just fine, you're, you're, you're what you're supposed to be, you're, how's you're supposed to be. So we want to be careful that we, we, you know, we're not talking about that, but, but what I am talking about, purposeful support and acceptance by people that will love us and care for us and encourage us as we truly are. Do you see the difference? Seeking the support and acceptance from people outside of that shifts us to approval addiction. But seeking support and acceptance from people who can love us and care for us and minister to us and encourage us as we are, that's beautiful. That's meaningful. That's important. That's exactly what Jesus did. Now, Jesus may not have agreed with this woman in how she chose to live or who she chose to be or whatever. And yet he still loved her. He still cared for her. He still wanted the best for her. Surround yourself with those type of people. That's that inner circle that I often talk about. That's the people that'll be there. They've got your back and they've not got a knife in hand. Okay, so the first first lesson, the first seek, seek to own your true self. The second, seek support and acceptance. And then the third lesson, seek to encourage others as you have received. What do I, where do I get that from? Well, the, you know, Jesus and this woman had an interaction and then, you know, he sort of, t- he didn't really want her to make a big deal out of it, but, you know, she had come face to face with Jesus and he had loved her and he had shared with her and, and, and talked about how he was the Messiah and, and she was impacted and her life forever changed at that point. So the first thing she automatically did was go back and tell everybody. And it's kind of interesting that historical teaching tells us that this woman even suffered because of that. In fact, the story goes that she came before Nero because of her spreading the story of the encounter with Jesus. And she was not treated very well. And yet today, there are many churches and traditions and within Christendom and Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, I think, who consider her a vital saint of the church. They, they, they honor her. I, I said the word saint. I'm not sure she's an officially a saint. I'm sorry, I should have looked that up. But she's at least revered in the church history as someone very special. Why? Because she wanted other people to have what she had. So if you're one of my fellow misfits out there, and I use that term loosely, you know that. I want you to know that you're loved. First of all, you're loved by God, just as you are. And secondly, there are those out of us out here 
that want to love you too. So once you find those kind of people, the third thing is why don't you seek to try to be one of those as well? Because I promise you, the best way to be blessed is to help others through their pain too. So let me just quickly repeat my three seeks so that we can wrap this up and get some more coffee, okay? The first one, seek to own your true self. Seek to own your true self. Secondly, seek support, acceptance, and let me say even love from your inner circle. Those that can do so regardless of who or what you are. And thirdly, seek to encourage and love others. Now, if we do those, wow, I think we're setting ourselves up as misfits for a pretty good life. Don't you? Thanks, Jesus, for giving us that example to follow. All right, let's go get some more coffee. Make it a good day. Now, remember, heal those hurts, turn those impossible to possible, and may God bless you. Until next time, be blessed. Okay, guys, one more thing. If you've really enjoyed this show and you appreciate what I try to bring to you each week, then I would ask you to really think about going to my Patreon page just to support this show. You'll find the link in the show notes, and I appreciate it. You could do so for just a $5 gift, and I would appreciate that help as we try to keep this podcast coming to you each and every week. 